0: hello guys and welcome back to another episode so today is part two of jess's interview if you missed part one be sure to go ahead and check that one out first and then we'll meet you back here for part two but without further ado let's just go ahead and jump right in you're listening to the pt assistance podcast with your hosts ken
1: and laura thanks for joining for another exciting episode now i'm a little curious because i'm going through this right now so i have a pt who's about a year and a half out um, of school so you know fairly still new within the field Um, she's always worked in the same place the whole entire time now some of the things that I've ran into is like just like what we've kind of were taught is different than even what they're taught now do you guys get together with PT programs in the area and kind of see like hey are these matching up so then that way when they go out into the field like the PTs they are working with kind of have the same like mesh of things does that make sense I,
2: yeah absolutely and i <laughs> love that question the answer is usually um so for, so we're very lucky that there is a, a pt school literally i say down the street you know 30 minute drive um away and so pre-covid we we did we found that our programs there was one spot in both of our programs where we would get together and it was we just not fancy called it pt pta day um and we would have some of these like the patient point. scenarios right <laughs> just describe it. Um, and there'd be a scenario. So us PTAs would watch the PTE, like do like a mock eval basically, and write a couple of goals. Cool. And then we would take that plan of care and come up with, I don't know, five interventions that would address those goals. And so it kind of helps see how that's they go awesome. about eval what are they looking at? Oh, and then they so can cool. also see that we can take the information they get, and and create good intervention out of it so it was great and then honestly two years ago i think i was at a conference and i there was a another school in the midwest somewhere that talked about pt and pta interaction and that they find that while doing like case studies and those kinds of things together are really uh, important so that they can see mm-hmm. what the other side does but the what they found is that there's more camaraderie outside in the clinic and in the workforce mm-hmm. if they hang out socially so like case studies are great and so we're trying to pick that back up now that COVID's starting to die down. But we also want to have this like social component. So maybe after we do our evals and interventions, we all go... Do something else. Throw the frisbee around. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, go, yeah, go to
1: like a game, like something. Right. Just go do like a social mm-hmm. event together or have them a right. little more often. And I think yeah. that like the more that you interact, cause
2: I mean, you guys now know out, out in the field, like your PTs are just your PT. It's not like... PTs are the gods of physical therapy, right?
1: Like they're great. We need them. We would love them. We have to have them. I don't
0: think we're just And don't tell them. Okay,
1: right. <laughs> you no, know, I've I've been lucky. I've been fortunate enough that Same. I've had absolutely amazing PTs. Every single one I work with. Yeah. It's just, like, I've it's not definitely... Oh yeah, we all. <laughs> I could gotten rid of some of those too. Uh... <laughs> But then that's any any job out there. I'm just laughing. Uh, but mm-hmm. it is definitely interesting to see because, like, I think we were talking about cupping yesterday came up. And, you know, I was taught within clinicals, um, it's okay to kind of use over an actual scar and you can do some mobs on things like that. And she's like, oh, I've, I was taught never to do this. And so it's like it's it's very interesting to see just kind of the difference in that kind of stuff. So do you guys like when you're teaching, do you guys talk about that relationship of getting to know and like, okay, how do you go about it and that kind of stuff? Or is it just kind of like on clinical site, you kind of get that.
2: Yeah. I feel like, you know, in our intro course, we definitely talk about the relationship, but it's more, I think of the like legal aspect mm-hmm. um, of, of the relationship. So definitely clinicals is where they're going to get the most exposure. Um, but I think you're right, which is really interesting. You made me think about the fact that <laughs> that PTs, it's required in PT school for them to at least have not a lot, like a day, like one lecture about delegating, right? What what are PTAs, what are A's? So they like have to learn about what we do, but it's not required in our curriculum to necessarily, again, we, we, t- we say like what their their role is really, yeah. um, but nothing beyond like how to communicate or collaborate with, Necessarily each other, but, yeah. with each other so again I mean clinicals is definitely going to be you know the place for them to get that opportunity but it's not written yeah. down
1: anything it's definitely interesting because I had to teach them that we could only out here in Nevada at least it's in ours that you can only see two patients when PT is not on site they didn't yeah, know that okay. and I was like I'm pretty sure and I think they thought I was maybe just trying to get out of seeing more patients And I was like no I'd easily <laughs> take this patient I was like but my gut is telling me that, that I cannot, I and I can't. had to highlight it in the the practice I, and send it to them, and even our oh, other goodness. director who seemed to to say it, and I was like, it makes me wonder because, like, in our role, I don't know how you guys teach it, at least when I was going through the program, they were just very big on, like, you're under the PT, so, like, anything you kind of can screw up can come back onto the PT. So, mm-hmm. when in doubt, always ask them, and then the PTs were taught, she was like, oh, no, we were in a school of, like, you do it on your own, that's your fault it doesn't come back on me. And I was like, this is totally different than <laughs> the kind of how we're talking. I was like, it- so it's just interesting. So it's really cool to hear that you guys kind of do collab with like the PTs in that area and that program. So there is a little bit better of like a collaboration of like understanding what each role does a little bit better, which yeah. is cool. I think uh, everybody yeah. should adapt that.
2: Which I think awesome. we definitely try. There was actually a really cool um, clinical that I heard about recently where the, there was a PT who was a clinical instructor who wanted and, and tried to make it happen where they had a PT student and a PTA student like at the same time. So there oh, were, great. they were a t- two to one model. Cool. Yeah. So they had two yeah. students to one clinical instructor so they could really see, see both sides and have this like super comprehensive treatment for the patient, which was pretty cool idea.
1: That is a that is an awesome idea. I know it'll be really interesting because um, the place that we first worked at, we never had students because a our ratios were just they had texts, so they just they couldn't take a student on because our ratios were always too high. Um, but my PT will be, I think, taking on a student, a PT student here in the next month. And that'll be the first time I've worked with a PT student. Cool. So it'll be very interesting to see um, how that kind of goes. Because I was like, huh. And that's the thing, too, is like we know a lot in our field. And just because, you know, they've got that title of PT doesn't necessarily mean they're coming out. And there's still students that they're coming out and they know way more than you. And I think sometimes we we think that, like, oh, they're the PTs. They know better. And it's like, yeah
0: do they um, certain, yeah. in I'm certain sure the they know thinking,
2: right, right. Yeah. They, yeah if they're looking at evaluating a patient like clearly yeah. i did not i don't know that <laughs> um but, you're, but you guys, I mean, earlier I was talking about a totally different subject, but that experience means a lot. And I think mm-hmm. that that's totally true. As PTAs, the, the longer we stay in the field, the more and more new PTs we're going to see who don't have that experience and you do. And I, I'll be honest, I remember the first time a, like a new grad PT came to me to ask a question about a diagnosis. And I was like, why? Why are Why they I... asking me? I don't... But then I was like, oh, wait, because I've been doing this for, I've probably seen 10 times as many patients with this diagnosis than he ever has. So it was really kind of humbling, honestly. Um, yeah. I think maybe on both sides, but so, yeah, I mean, the experience is, is great. And again, I mean, there's some super experienced PTs who are just like a wealth of knowledge. Oh, I can just soak them up so much. You're
1: mm-hmm. like, ooh, can I just <laughs> hang funny. out with you? Like I have uh, latched onto one of our ones recently. She uh, is doing women's health. So she does a lot of pelvic floor, and I'm like, so I might just come hang out one of my days off and just watch you. Are you cool with that? And she's like, sweet. And I was like, all right, deal. <laughs> love it. Yeah, like, and I, mean, I love it that. Is I love that. Specialties. Like
0: most, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> the field of
2: physical therapy is so cool. That way is that there are so many opportunities, and that people, I think, mm-hmm. even if they aren't in education or clinical instructors, if one of your colleagues was like, hey, can I come ha- hang out and learn from you? You're gonna be like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think we're all, like we said earlier, we're all kind of somewhere at heart as, as an educator um we just like to learn things and teach things
1: i yeah i think that's part of it i i get caught all the time just like teaching your patients and they're like oh okay and i was like yeah sorry i like to explain a lot because i feel like the better you guys understand what's going on the more you're willing to do it and be part of it and they're like mm-hmm. no i like it like i like this because sometimes i come in and i just you know i've done pt before and they just give me exercises and i leave and I don't get why, and I'm a why person, and I'm like, same here. So I like to explain it all. <laughs> sure. How many so. patients
2: have you had have been like, well, the doctor didn't tell me why I needed to do this or what was wrong why with my
1: shoulder? No, my yeah, favorite, I- my favorites are the the post ops that are like, yeah, I was told nothing about what to start with, uh, what I'm allowed to do and what I can't do after. I'm like, oh my goodness. Okay. And well. I, had a, I had a patient who
0: was told not to rotate her back, and she didn't rotate her back for 15 years. And so she came to see us and then she's we started doing like lower trunk rotations and she's like, I thought this was a big no, no. And I was like, why? And she goes, well, I went to my doctor and they told me that if I rotate my back, I might like herniate my disc or whatever. And I was like, no, you're supposed to rotate your back. So she was doing her lower trunk rotations, but like maybe just a little bit in each direction because she was just so terrified of rotating her back. And so we had to, like, re-educate her. Like, nope, it's okay. Let's go ahead and reintroduce these movements and all that. And she was just like, oh, thank you for explaining all that. And she's like, I don't know why they told me I can never rotate my back. I was like, maybe just the way they said it and the way you understood it. But you you, you, you can rotate your back. It's okay. I'm, like, in awe right now.
2: (laughs) I know. Like, I can't, like, roll over in bed without waking up and sitting up and turning over for
0: Mm -hmm. 15 years.
1: I thought, like, mine was bad. We had a patient come in uh, post-op. Oh, he dislocated and um, broke his elbow in a couple places after rest- arm wrestling. Poor guy. But oh, like he's a younger kid. And so he's got this gnarly like incision from like here all the way down to here. And it w- when he came into us, he was completely healed. That incision was healed. And about mm, six weeks into his treatment, he goes, I was like, oh, we're- I did something. He goes, yeah, it's just a little sensitive when you touch back there. And I was like, okay. like, And then I talked about how he can start desensitizing it. And he goes, so am I allowed to put it in water? Like, can I go swimming? Can I take a shower? Can I I'm like, y- yes. Yes. Y- yes. Like, yeah. well, and you could tell he showered, but he had been so cautious. He's like, oh, I thought it was still healing. And I was like, well, kind of, but no, like it's closed. You're fully On the inside. sealed. Like <laughs> you're good to go. Like it's not really going to open up or do anything. Like it's. Gonna, he goes, Oh well, it's so right. I was like, it's gonna look that way. And it was just so crazy to me that a the doctor didn't go over it and then we're so used to that that we didn't even cover that with him. That's It took was say, like that we're- six weeks so yeah that we're like I was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe none of us had this conversation with you yet. And right. I was like and Royce- I'm sorry. <laughs> we're always so baffled we're like how did you not know that well that's yeah what i told them like we can't expect patients to know things that that's good to go because you're, you're told not to get it wet or lightly shower and then no one tells them exactly when it's okay to shower we just you know And definitely if you're not medical like that would be my husband my husband is not medical so he's gonna mm-hmm. go to the T of what the doctor says right so right. um yeah it's definitely interesting so I know it's a little uh, bit of time. I do uh, have I one. Do sorry. you have a question? Oh, okay. Oh.
0: Just because I'm curious. Because um, oh, it's I been talked so much questions. about in our field. Um, any thoughts on PTA switching to a bachelor's degree? You
1: stole my uh, question. Oh, no. Sorry. <laughs> Get out of here. Something. You know that's my question. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yes. I, I'll be honest. My thoughts have changed over time so i i went and got my bachelor's degree and applied to pt school we missed the whole part of my story um did not get in we're all in the same boat yeah okay and and didn't even know what a pta was right and i was a tech and was like oh there's these ptas that's that's very cool went to PTA school and kept thinking, well, a PT has gone from like a bachelor's to a master's and now a doctorate, but the PTA degree has stayed in associates the whole time. And it doesn't make sense to me why we aren't following along. Mm-hmm. And while I still agree that they that they did not move forward the same trajectory, um, again, being in education, changed my thought process because I don't know about what you, you guys, your situations or any of your classmates, but I look at my students And I think that the reason that they were drawn to PTA is because they can be in and be out with a degree where they can get a job in a relatively short amount of time, um, with less student debt. So I think that, and most of my students are career changers. You know, I'm not getting a whole ton of you know 18 year olds right out of high school kinds of things. I'm getting people who've been in healthcare related, you know, the personal trainers or nurses and like looking to do something CNAs. different. They have fa- CNAs. Yeah. They have families to support. And they're like, this is cool. We like medicine. We like healthcare. Um, but they can't take $120,000 to go get a bachelor's and then a doctorate to be a PT. Um, and so I think that the the benefit of it, so I, I certainly see benefits of it becoming a bachelor's as mm-hmm. well. Uh, I think there's a little bit more clout. I think there is a school that offers a bachelor's in pta um i don't know that it gets you like career-wise i don't know that maybe it does anything different technically right i guess if you wanted to go on to pt school then of course you have to have a bachelor's but now there's of course there's some bridge programs that you there's lots of options available um so originally my answer was like yes pta should be a bachelor's degree we should follow the same trajectory and now i'm like well (laughs) maybe not um and with these schools that do have the bachelor's program i think that having the option is nice so i think if somebody knows that they want to go get a bachelor's in pta in order for it to kind of be a stepping stone to something Mm -hmm. else then i think that makes perfect sense
1: i think that would be awesome as like having an option too because i would have done pta from the get-go because i also have my bachelor's i went and got my bachelor's in kinesiology with the plans of going and getting dpt ended up not doing it because i got married moved out of state and then by the time i would have started taking all my courses would have been uh like by the time i could apply my courses would no longer be valid because <laughs> right. i took P one the very first semester in my undergrad And five mm-hmm. years is all at last so you had one year and i got married instead and moved right. <laughs> so um I definitely wish, like, if I had known that they're, like, if at the time they had a a PTA program for bachelors, I would have gone that anyways because I went and swam. So, like, Mm -hmm. I was on a college scholarship, so I was going anyways into that with the plan. But it would have been nice to, then if I chose not to, or because you realize how tough Mm -hmm. it is to get in, or you don't want to do the extra schooling, you could just go right into the field. I will say the one thing now... Like, I totally get that, and I agree. Like, I don't feel like it full, like it necessarily has to be a bachelor's, but I do feel like there's a large gap, so I think it would be beneficial to get more duties that we can do in a way that would be appropriate. Just like the reason it went to a doctorate for PT was so that they can have direct access, I would be down for PTAs almost having an – you can go on further if you'd like to, if you want to see, like, if you want to supervise texts, if you mm-hmm. want to do more of, like, progress notes or something like that where we can take on more roles, get paid a little bit better, um, have a little bit more control of what's actually going on in the clinic, too, of just besides just this. Because, like, I feel like a PTA easily could delegate, hey, I need you to do the laundry or, hey, I need well, you to and watch just- this patient... Finish our exercise.
2: To be, I think it at that point, like it would probably need to be um, state-based because in the mm-hmm. state that I'm in, PTAs can delegate to. I'm moving.
1: I'm moving all right. <laughs>
0: <It's all
1: right. laughs> all right. I didn't realize this. Oh. I thought it was everybody. No, ours yeah, in My, Nevada,
0: my, my PTs leave and I look at my tech, I'm like, you can go too. I can't. I can't do anything with you. Because so you
2: can't tell them. That's crazy. Yeah, no. And I mean, I think that there is a um again, there needs to be training based on it, right? I tell my yeah. students all the time, like if you learn to delegate to an aide, you don't want them teaching a patient an exercise for the first time because you want to make sure that the patient's doing it right. You might not want to have the tech. Do balance or gait training because that seems like a safety issue. Um, So there's certain times that I certainly wouldn't delegate to an aide, but but yeah, technically we can though.
1: Yeah, no, that's it's definitely interesting to hear that because out here PTAs cannot, and actually I know currently right now they're actually trying to get the rules changed to where a tech cannot perform any activities with a patient. Because of the fact that they're using text as PTAs, oh, in some well, places clearly that's an
2: issue.
1: So that's the an issue, and it's like, oh, well, if we change that instead, I feel like it would be. It, it if PTAs could take a little more control over text, I think we'd see that decrease a little bit. That clear too. line, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, I a, think it would be beneficial.
0: What about like um, joint up. mobs? Hmm. Can you do joint, can PTAs do joint mobs in your state?
2: So our state practice act says that if, if you've been trained on them and that the PT your supervising PT says you can, then you can, but not at grade fives. Yep. That's okay.
0: ours. So do you teach now, them do in the you program? you teach
2: them? Ah, great question. Kinda. <laughs> um, we it's a quick little demo. We <laughs> right? We do well because again, we know like the real world, right? And like mm. when they go out to clinic, it would be nice to look like a well-rounded student who knows things. So yeah, we do teach them to them, but because they aren't considered an entry-level skill, then we don't test them on it. So it's a their lab activities that we tell them to do during lab, but they're not on like their lab practicals. Yeah. Or, That's like
1: our school at the time, at least I was in was like, you're going to do them. You can do them, not grade five, but like you're going to go out and do it. But it all depends on who you're with and if they want to teach you to do it and do it. But we're also not going to show you because the APTA has a different approach to it and you'll learn that on site type deal. So that's and really how child was done. Changing it's changing also. Like, yeah.
2: <laughs> it's, it's so wild that, you know, I mean, every state is different, but then the APTA is sometimes different than the state, but mm-hmm. changes on things. But it's not like
1: official. Um, it was right. kind of like, they were just like, we don't think they should, but we're not saying you can't. And so then <laughs> it was like, we're not going to put it in the curriculum. And you're like, huh?
2: But, yeah it's all very big you go
1: out in the, I was about to say you go out in the field I don't think I've ever met a PT who does not do joint mobs my PT told me they're like day one that was the first thing they're taught is joint mobs for their any manual skill that's crazy <laughs> no just in even my PT now like she was like the first thing we were taught because we were talking about that just in general I go yeah we're not taught joint mobs in school and that was one of the debate I had with my very first CEI um, the one I was telling you about was, she's like, oh, how are you on your joint mobs? And I was like, well, if you show me, I'm pretty sure I can get them down. And she goes, what do you mean show you? And I was like, we're not taught them in school. And she goes, huh? And literally we went later and questioned that to the clinical director and also to, like, the two PTs who own the practice who – and they're like, oh, yeah, no, PTAs aren't taught out here in Nevada. Like, you have to teach them that. And, like, I, that's where, like, me and her – but we were, I was telling my PT that story, and she goes – that's crazy. She goes, because day one in our manual skills class, she goes, We're taught grade one and grade two, right? Like that's the very first thing we're taught manual skills. And I was like, Yeah. Nope. It's different. <laughs> Definitely different. But um again, like Ken stole my other question already. Um, but two two things kind of to round this out is one, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to go into um the education into teaching, and um, being a professor. Uh, I know you kind of mentioned maybe taking on I'd a say student, even like a, a CI. A CI first.
0: First.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Both. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the book, I mean, I think you're right. I think
2: being, being a CI, if you can, um, is I say easy, right. It's clearly work as a clinician to take on a student because it's time and training and paperwork. Um, but relatively, relatively easy. Um, And I assume that you guys had different clinical rotations. So usually whatever the short, you know, we have like, we do like a really short, like two week and then a six week and a nine week is what, is what we do. So if you have the opportunity to get in. (laughs) Oh no, sorry. That's okay.
1: I'm just kidding. (laughs)
2: Uh (laughs) Well, what were were
1: yours? Uh, No. Okay. I was actually, now that I started doing the math, I was like, it equals out. Mine was two, seven and eight. Oh yeah. Okay. So that's what the same. And then our two. Yeah, well you were COVID. So you know oh, wanna... yeah. our our two weeker was at the out. same place we did the seven. Okay. Okay, so you, interesting. You, yes. Yeah. They wanted because they're like that first two weeks we send you out, they're like, you're really not gonna do anything. And then they're like, now when you go back for the seven weeks, they're like if you go to the back to the same place, you already know the layout, they already know mm-hmm. you, you can go right in to really start treating. Versus what's trying the time? to time what's the time between yeah. the two week and the seven week? Um, yeah. It's
0: a it's semester. A month.
1: No, okay. it was longer than that. Mine was between the two. Well, maybe, yeah. Between the two and the six, we had a full uh, class rotation. I think it's the end of
0: October, two. and then the first rotation started in January. So yeah, yeah. So, so there two, was three a three full two? semester.
1: Yeah, because yeah, there's that yeah, for whole, sem- whole class. Like we took three more classes in between the two and the six, and then there's a week in between, a week or two weeks in between, um, the seven and the eight. Eight yeah um
2: yeah so my so okay. my suggestion yeah if you could be a clinical instructor for like a short because usually it's easier to do it in shorter bouts just to, to start so if there's opportunity to do it for the two-week grade if not you know six six or eight at seven is is good also um but like i mentioned earlier too i think if you are interested in education and you've taken students and you're like yes i love teaching students about physical therapy then my next call would probably be to the school where you guys went, I don't know how many other PTA schools are around, um, to any of them to see if they need any uh, lab assistance. And now granted, the hard part about that is if you're working full time, then most classes happen during the the day, you know, like we're a day, we're a daytime program, right? So yeah, when I first actually started here, they wanted me to do uh, a lab position from like one to 3.30 on Mondays and Wednesdays. I'm like, that's right in the middle of my day. How do we do that? Patient time. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs>
2: right. um, about. so clearly like scheduling can be an issue but there's so, i mean around here we have a lot of night programs too so i think anyway yeah i think ci is the first step and then after that would be f- trying to finagle your way in the door to a pta program um, even if it's just a couple hours a week
1: volunteering even then maybe yeah. I mean, you can be patients for practicals.
2: I mean, so also our school, I don't know how yours is. We have a lot a lot of um, different healthcare fields. We have an OTA program also and nursing and a physician assistant program. And so yeah. we actually, there are P, like local PTs in the area who have taught, they've taught our general anatomy courses. So there are people who are not necessarily specifically involved with the PTA program, but involved with the university as a whole.
1: There you go. And then, what about for students going into programs? So, since you, you know, are a professor in that field and you see all the students coming in, what would be your best advice for a standing out in the application process and b how to prep themselves going into a program?
2: I think to prep themselves, um, our program and a lot of a lot of them around here require observation hours. So you have to go get a certain number of hours, just like volunteer hours. But my suggestion for that is to go volunteer that time in different settings. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we get a lot of people who it's easy to go do an outpatient ortho observation hours, right? You just follow the PT or PTA around for 20 hours and you're done. But they have literally no idea what physical therapy is like in any other setting. So maybe that's a a skilled nursing facility maybe it's an acute care facility maybe it's like schools we have so around here we have school-based therapy and like our public schools you can follow school therapists generally. there's so many opportunities that i think that being exposed to more really will help a student be like is this really what i want to do or not mm-hmm. um and then as far as standing out in the application process so we tried it we're very um we actually don't do interviews anymore because we don't want interviewers to be biased in any way. So it's all paper-based. And so it's kind of gets, it becomes a ranking system. So, you know, the higher grades and prerequisite science classes really helps, but also even like the number of times you take it. So if you got a B in anatomy once and you're like, no, I can do better. I'm going to get an A and you took it twice, like taking a class, twice can technically count against you so um try to take classes as few times as possible work hard and get the good grade especially in the science classes i mean math and english are important but um you know bio and a and p and chemistry more so <laughs> um yeah so there we go do, do yeah well in school. <laughs> any hey, advice have have for uh
0: taking your board exam um yeah
2: not for me personally, I say sign up for one of those courses because they're amazing. So whether that's through Scorebuilders or Final Frontier, there are so many, actually there's a ton of different um, companies out there now that will offer board prep mm-hmm. c- classes. And I think that what's so great about those is they're not always cheap, but neither is the test, and neither was school. right? So
1: you don't want to have to do all this of that again. True. No, neither um, is paying for the test again. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so... <laughs> You, you don't. Yeah, you don't, don't want, want to go have to through do that the stress mm. <laughs>
2: or wait. You lose and I money. think that these programs, these these companies, these organizations do a great job of helping. At least what I see from it is helping students. When you're reading through a question, it's a scenario. My example is always, you know, if the scenario says Bob was in a car accident, he's got a concussion, a fractured humerus, and a torn ACL. How did Bob hurt himself? all that other stuff was fluff. You just need to know he was in a car accident, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so like, they think they do a really good job of making you realize what information is important in a question you have to take and out. what's not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, so.
1: I will say we, I was very, very fortunate. Um, and Ken probably benefited from this a little bit, but our director of the program at the time, um, she was on the board of the P she was a PT. She was on the board, or uh, I don't know what you called the, Council that would go through the questions and read through the questions for the PTA exam so she wouldn't take her questions from it of course because they you know they set a, a boundary and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. but she knew how they were worded so right, whenever right. she did her test and I guarantee you can you still use those tests with those wordings she would word them like the, the t- actual test would word them where it's a mm-hmm. lot of fluff in there and you got to figure out what's actually there so I yep. will say I got we so lucky <laughs> Yeah. So I, I feel like I got so lucky that when I went to the, I was like, this is fluff. I know it. Cause I've been seeing it for months, <laughs> <laughs> years, <laughs> but, um, that I, I agree with you too. Like the fluff, you gotta get around that fluff. Um, but don't let it distract you. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm sure I've got like a thousand more questions we could probably ask you or discuss all day long. I'm not gonna lie though. I'm smelling bacon. I'm pretty sure there's hamburgers being cooked downstairs. And starting <laughs> All right, to so I know where good. I'm going for
0: dinner. I'll be That's there right, in 15 minutes.
1: You know his hamburgers are good. <laughs> but, yeah, <it> is. yeah. <laughs> and I did get a text to be like, hey, um, so dinner's almost – I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that so was great. like 30 minutes ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> i ignored it but because i really enjoyed this conversation and i'm sure we'll break this up to two yes, episodes definitely. i was <laughs> say i didn't even realize I glanced down and was like oh my gosh i'm talking forever yeah, yeah. Well, that's, <laughs> uh, i did too i was like
2: oh
0: this is how like, it goes we'll wrap
1: up this is always we always say that's the thing too is we always talk to the people and we're like oh it's about 30 45 minutes and then we all start talking and just we love it clearly shows that we love what we do because we all enjoy these conversations so much and i am so grateful that you were willing to come on really yes, really appreciate it again um i'm sure you're, are you okay if people reach out to you on the discord they got more questions yeah, so good. jess mm-hmm. is on the discord um the oh my gosh ken i'm blinking i want to say PTA the old source. name. i know i almost said the old name again how do I always do that <laughs> Remember no. when they had the old one, the old name for it, the
0: discord. Uh, I can't remember.
1: Yeah. But I was about to say, I was, I'm not going to say it so I don't get people. Confused. But the PTA source <laughs> discord, um, that's where we met Jess originally. Um, meet both me and Ken are on there. She's also on there. So if you do have any more questions, um, like she said, she is down for you guys to reach out to her. You have been absolutely amazing. And I'm sure we'll check in with you soon and, uh, hopefully have you on again if you're willing We've enjoyed this a lot. I've learned so much. Well, I
2: appreciate. Yeah, it. I had it. a really great time. This was fun.
0: Uh, it and was that's a what's blast so great there. about our field is, just there's so many different avenues you can take. Kind of like you said at the very, mm-hmm. at the very beginning of the episode, like you think about ways to climb up the ladder and all that. But there's just so much that this field offers with our degree and what we can do. That there really is a place for everybody. And with this podcast, we we hope to bring more of those settings into light.
1: Like, yeah, and I think go, they're growing too. It's a lot. It's starting like Look, our it's roles it's are Therapy. Yeah, yeah that's. Oh that was my. fun too. That, yeah. They're all so fun. I really. They're, <laughs> so they're all, cool all. They really <laughs> so are. So cool but uh, again, thank you so much, Jess. And then, guys, don't forget to follow us on our Instagram. Um, that is where we're the most active, um, along with on the Discord. And then also, uh, you can get new updates of when the posts go or the episodes go live on Twitter and am i missing anything can youtube we've got some videos up on youtube man, that you need check out man youtube i swear we'll, we'll keep working we'll, we'll keep working on that we'll, we have yeah. plans it's just been life has hit us hard um of just stuff outside of life so like we, we'll, we keep we'll trying to get, it. to get to the maybe maybe we'll film one tomorrow i'll talk to you about it <laughs> but <laughs> but all right guys until next time
0: The information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.